Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Tanner Hendrickson, I'm Alex Ferrario. It is BK and Ferrario here on your home for the Blues 101 ESPN as the Blues are back in action tomorrow night against the Florida Panthers, opening up a four-game homestand in the midst of a two-game winning streak. And to talk a little about this Blues play and fresh off of the World Juniors Tournament, Doug Armstrong, president of Hockey Operations, is taking time out of his day to hop on with us. Doug, it is great to talk with you. Welcome back from Sweden. How are you, sir? I'm very good. Thank you very much. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you as well. So uh, let's just talk. How was this World Juniors tournament for you and the experience of watching seven Blues prospects not only play in it, but seem to be the headliners in their games? Yeah, it was obviously an exciting time for the organization. Uh, having seven players there was uh, a first for us. And then uh, not only just participating, but how they how they played and the roles they had on their teams was uh, very impressive. And as an organization, they, they won uh, a gold, a silver, and a bronze, so we were well represented on the podium, too. So it was uh, all in all a great uh, couple of weeks. Are you planning on taking up residency in Sweden <laughs> at this point? I mean, between the number of players yeah. that you guys have drafted from there, your opportunities to go over there, it feels like you're just going to go ahead and hang out over there with uh, Alex Steen more often. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been uh, been there a couple times, probably for a month this year already, but uh, I've enjoyed it over there, and it's you know, you go where the prospects are, and right now we have uh, quite a few in Sweden, and uh, it's always great to get over there to meet their families and spend time with them, and it's a uh, it's a great uh, building relationship uh, mechanism for us. Side thought: Your air miles have to just be ridiculous at the end of each season, Doug. <laughs> yeah, that, that is one of the perks. I, I did uh, that Marriott points. I get a nice <laughs> the wife and kids will make sure to yeah. take those up for you. Uh, we're talking to Doug Armstrong, Blues president of Hockey Operations here on 101 ESPN. Doug, the, the headliner from this tournament, of course, was Jimmy Snuggerud and the performance that we saw out of him. I know he got sick midway through, worked his way back up, though, to the top line. What did you see that stuck out to you about Jimmy Snuggerud from this performance, but also really what we've seen from him this year in, in college as well? Well, it's just a, he's got an NHL shot today. <clears throat> uh, he scores from distance. He had one in the uh, <clears throat> sorry in the quarterfinal game, I think it was, uh, just under the bar and in on a, on a power play and just changed the momentum of the game. And uh, uh, he's just a, he's just a very gifted offensive player and uh, someone I think is going to be in the NHL sooner than later. And uh, a really good pick by our staff at that area. And our amateur staff has done a really good job, led by Tony Feltron. And to see these guys go play back to back World Juniors and see what he did last year at the University of Minnesota playing with uh, 
Cooley and Knives, and then again this year he's he's a, a top young player and uh, uh, just. But what does stick out is certainly his release and his shot. Doug, you, you mentioned that you know you feel like that that plays into the NHL today, and I know it's down the road. But how does that thought process go with the front office staff of deciding if Snuggerud's ready for the NHL at the end of his college season, or if it feels like it might need a little bit more growth? Well, we're going to sit with his family and, and Jimmy at that time and find out what he thinks is best for him. He he saw this. He's seen the success that Nyes and Cooley have had in the NHL already, and uh, uh, we think he's very close to being ready. But again, we don't have to worry about that until the end of the season. And again, we're we're in it for the long haul. We're in it for the marathon, and uh, we're going to make the decision that's not going to make him a great player in twenty four, twenty five, but in thirty, thirty one. And that's uh, it's hard to think that you. It's hard to believe that you think that far ahead, but that's what you have to do. Is what what's going to make these guys have long. Uh, careers and a long career started with a good foundation and what we want to do is make sure we're building that foundation with them does burning a year of that eligibility with the entry-level contract if he does play at the end of the season come into consideration at all no i think it's there's just so much there's so much that goes into it beyond that good players are going to make their money regardless and we think he's going to be a good player so uh if he can get some benefit of playing at nhl games this year and that's what he thinks is best for him and we agree or he could sign an ATO and go play in Springfield if we have a good team down there that can go deep in the playoffs. Or he might go back to college for a junior year. There's so many things there, but I don't think we let the economics uh, of, of a player of this caliber get in the way of uh, what's best for his long-term uh, growth. Doug Armstrong is our guest for a few minutes here on 101 ESPN. He's the Blues president of hockey operations coming off of his trip over to Sweden as he was watching the World Juniors. Another player that you guys had over there was Theo Lindstein, Doug. And you mentioned earlier today, I saw some of the quotes. You had spoken previously about him and said it kind of reminds you a little bit of what Carl Gunnarsson was for the Blues. And you said, no disrespect to Gunny, but I'm not sure that he had the ability to skate at the level and give the offensive performance that you saw this previous uh tournament from Theo Lindstein do you have an updated comparison for what what you saw from Lindstein has has he opened your eyes more than you expected yeah he has uh, just his ability to go back and get pucks and and, and uh, <clears throat> the Christmas that he, he made that first pass with was very impressive he looks like a player that the that other skilled players and top players are going to want to play with because he gets to the pucks he, he gets headed the north quickly and he's got good vision and he can really pass it so he he really impressed me uh, this year as I said, I was over there earlier, but again, it's an 18-year-old uh, playing with men, and uh, he was holding his own, and that's quite a bit to do is hold your own in the men's league right now. But then I got, then he got against his peer group, and he just took it to a whole different level. And uh, I don't have a comparison uh, uh, right now. I, I did think it was Gunny. It just looks like his, 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 he has a chance to be, uh, I think, a top four player now based on what we saw in this tournament against his peer group. Doug, final question on the World Juniors Tournament. We could talk about this big league club uh, for, for, for a couple of minutes, but with all of these players, and I think it was 44 points that all of the prospects scored in this World Juniors Tournament, what's the impact that that has for this team in the retool window? Well, I think it started probably last year. We were hoping last year to be a, a really successful NHL season, uh, and it didn't go that way. And so we, we actually just obviously turned the page a year earlier than we wanted to. Uh, but by doing that, we were able to get those all those draft picks, and uh, it certainly expedited it uh, from where we thought we would be, having those uh, five players in one draft playing in the World Junior. That That's based on you know, our poor play last year at the NHL level and being able to turn turn the O'Reilly's and Tarasenko's and uh, Barbashev's into into first round picks and uh, and then seconds and thirds too that we got with them and 
uh, that was the, the probably the only benefit of last year. But we are excited. We think that, you know, if nothing else changes, all, we have five players that could play in the World Junior again next year that play this year. And we think probably a couple more from last year's draft. And, you know, we have <clears throat> five picks in the first three rounds this year. So we could have, you know, seven to eight next year too. So, um, you know, I, I know it's hard for people to want to talk about 26, 27, 27, 28, but when you're retooling or rebuilding, you have to have an eye in the future. And I'm excited about what our amateur staff's been able to give us. And now it's our job to develop those players and get them here as quick as possible, but under the right format that they have staying power when they get here. And Doug, what makes your rebuild, retool, whatever you want to call it, different than many around the league is that while you guys are focusing on the future, you're also looking at the here and now as well, and your team is three games above 500. I I am curious, when you're going through a retool like this, how are you evaluating the day-to-day operations of your NHL club? What are some of the things that you are looking at for this year's team? Well, I, I would say that, uh, you know, the way we're playing now is, is more of what you want to see, regardless. And again, obviously you want to win the game. I'm not naive to think that you, know, you want to outscore the opponent. But what, what we want to see is a consistent play. And right now, the last five or six games, you, you see us, we're around the 30 shots given up uh, every night, which is which is a good number. You can live within that number. What we had was happening earlier for us is we were feast or famine, giving up 40, 45 shots and relying to on great goaltenders to outscore teams. And right now we're playing uh, a much more balanced game. And one of the things that that we talked about earlier is that our, our your ceiling is as high as you hope it can be, but what you want to do or what good organizations do is have their four closer to their ceiling. And right now we don't see the variance in our game that we may have seen over the last <clears throat> little while prior to that in the sense that when I, when I looked at our team, I might've been mid-December, like we had played the, the second fewest games in the third period tied or up or down by a goal, meaning we were feast or famine, either you're up by two after or more after two periods or down by two or more. And that's not sustainable if you want to have a consistent um, uh, record. Uh, and so, as I said, I, you're asking what we look at. I just look at how we play. Are, are we a consistent team? Do you, do you know what you're going to get night in, night out? And for me, the last uh, playing this good competition, and, and I know that they're two one games, and I know the fans would love to see six five. But <laughs> as a manager, you want to see two one, and you want to see consistent play. And I think Drew and his staff and the players. It all comes back to the players. The players doing a very good job of of not giving up and and, and sacrificing offense for the sense of, of team defense and, and playing games deeper. And I've been proud of the, the way they're playing and, and it's inspiring to watch them play winning brand of hockey, even though, you know, we didn't beat uh, Pittsburgh and uh, I can't even remember who we else lost to uh, Colorado. Colorado, but it was Colorado. Yeah. Very good games. You know, uh, it doesn't, the break doesn't go your way. And then the other games it goes your way, but I found those very entertaining games and games that, that you felt that you were in right till the end. And, that's the pauses I'm taking about how we're playing now is we feel like we're in games longer than we were previously. Not to take a step back in time, Doug, but it felt like when, when the team transitioned into Ken Hitchcock, that was also the focus, finding ways to win those tight games, being um, tighter defensively and focusing on that way to win hockey games. Is that an important milestone or important building block for a team that's in this window to figure out how to win that style of hockey? Well, I would say the difference when Ken was here, we had, we had already been through uh, John John Davidson and Larry Plow went through a lot of uh, 
sleepless nights acquiring those players that we did and we were trying to take the next step to winning what we're trying to do is now just build an organizational foundation of sound play so it's a little bit different but in the end we want Cairo and thomas and prunovic and tucker and uh neighbor to to know how to to play meaningful games and to play meaningful games at the right time of year you have to play defense and now we're trying to install some of that and give them the offensive creativity so it's a little bit different because we don't have, like I think when we brought Ken and I think we're going to be there in three years when all these players are in the league, whether it's a, a Stenberg or Dvorsky, a Lindstein, uh, a Snuggerud, potentially a, a Balduke, a neighbor, or Neighbors is here now, uh, Dean. You know, <clears throat> at that point, you're going to want to start winning these games. Right now, what we're trying to do is just build an organizational sound foundation that when players come in, that, that we're, we're a very functioning team that can, knows how to play a 200-foot game. We're talking for just another minute or two here with Doug Armstrong, Blues president of Hockey Operations. Uh, Doug, I, I did want to ask you a little bit about Colton Pareko and his performance specifically, but also what you look for in a partner with him. Uh, I, we talked about this on the show, I believe it was last week, and we were bringing up, hey, do, do you consider maybe getting some opportunities up there with Scott Perunovic as this season progresses? When you think about the minutes that Pareko eats, the role in which you have him what does an ideal pairing mate, not even necessarily a specific player, but what does that player look like to you? Well, because of the, the importance of the ice that he, he commands, he, someone has to be able to defend because you're, you're not going to, you know, Colton has to play against the other team's top players. And so you have to be able to defend because <clears throat> when you're playing against the, the, the elite of the elite, you're going to be in your own zone. So what you're looking for is somebody that uh, uh, can, can defend first and foremost, obviously when, we were at our best, and he played with Bolmeister. Uh, they were they were a great defending pair. You know, you could put them against anybody. Uh, but Colton's obviously his game's expanded uh, this year. He's shooting the puck more. He's up the ice more. I think a well-rounded player, uh, someone that can can understand his game. But I think you have to be a 200-foot player to be a good player with Colton because of you have to be able to play 20 minutes five-on-five hockey, and those aren't easy minutes. So. You know, just putting him with, let's say, uh, just a strictly offensive player, you know, it's difficult because you, you, it's, it's great when you have the puck. When you don't have the puck, you have to defend because he's playing against the other team's top players. But he's a, he's a player that, uh, uh, I know as, as working for Hockey Canada, as you prepare for the Olympics, he's always on not just my radar screen, but everybody else's. So he, he's someone that I think is, is very, appreciated around the league and uh you know we're seeing a, a great year from him here now but i think that you know everyone in, in the hockey community respects certainly his his skating his wingspan his ability to kill plays and his, his overall defending game i think what we're seeing now is just there's more offense to it this year and but that's not his calling card like a cal mccarr but it's certainly a great benefit when he's shooting the puck the way he is now and he he looks like he's changed his mindset on how to play the game offensively jumping into plays and shooting the puck and uh we haven't seen him shoot the puck like this uh for a while and i think hopefully this is going to be a stable for the next four or five years for him now becoming more of a, a dominant 200 foot player not just a defender like he he was with Bo. Uh, final one for you, Doug, and we truly do appreciate the time. The other player that's taken a massive step forward this season is Robert Thomas. Are these the steps that you expected from him? Yeah, they are. And, uh, you know, that's what the, <clears throat> I'm sorry, when we're talking about these other younger players, Dvorsky or, or um, Stenberg, 
you know, you look at Robert now, what is he, 24 years old? Like, you, you have to allow people to mature at the proper time. Now, he came into a very uh, well-rounded team, a functioning team, where he didn't, he wasn't thrust into a primary role. But now what Sue O'Reilly's gone, he had put, he had put the foundational pieces there. Now he's a, he's a dominant 200-foot player, one of maybe, again, self-serving for me to say this because I like him so much. <laughs> I think one of the top five passers in the game. Uh, his vision is second to none. Uh, and now you, you look at what he does defensively. He's, he takes massive face-offs for us, kills penalties. Uh, I said this to someone the other day. is like, And I don't throw around these very easily because they just come back to haunt you. But I don't see why he can't win major awards in this league. And that's, a, that's as I said, not something I throw around very often. But he, 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 to me, is just one of those gifted players that can affect the game in so many different ways. And... Our job is to get good when he's in his prime because uh, he could be something very special. Do you think he should be in the Selkie conversation right now, Doug? Uh, he's, he's playing to that caliber. Our team's not playing to that caliber. You know, very rarely, you know, th- those are going to the top 10 teams win most of those awards. So that's what I said. It's our job and my job to get to get our team functioning. So when he's having years like this, you can be looked at for those major awards. I think he has all the attributes, and I think he's he, he's doing that job. But I think if you look at the history of the voting, those go to sure. upper echelon teams, and we're not there yet. But that's what gets me up every morning is to try and uh, compliment guys like Robert so they can win those major awards. And to do that, i got to do my job and, and make sure we have good players around them. And that was the exciting part of this World Junior is that to get these guys here when Robert's still in his prime, I think is going to be exciting for him and for us. Absolutely, and Blues fans are very excited, uh, mostly because you've seen the excitement talked about with this World Juniors Tournament. Doug, really appreciate the time. I know it's been a busy schedule doing a lot of talking today, but thanks for taking time out and hopping on with us, and uh, we'll see you at the rink tomorrow night against the Panthers. Always appreciate being on, guys, and Happy New Year to you and all your listeners.